Hey, welcome to week number two uh, of our series. Kicked it off last week, series for the new year called It's Time. And a big shout out to our Valley Poughkeepsie family at Regal Cinemas. So many joining us online campus uh, as well. I mean, literally hundreds and hundreds uh, of people every single week that are all over the globe. uh, really, it's just pretty amazing what technology can do. And uh, if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to kind of go back and, and catch that message. It's on our website. You can get it through our app uh, as well. For those of you who were here, I'm just going to say beep, beep. And if you weren't here, you have no idea what that is. Uh, it, it doesn't mean anything to you uh, at all. But today I want to talk about what I really think is going to be a huge difference maker uh, in 2020 for us that, that's going to help us so much. Um, just to experience everything that God has for us uh, and really fulfill every good plan that God has for us. Before we do that, I do want to mention to all the men coming up January 31st, uh, that's a Friday night at 6.30. We're going to have man night. You're going to be hearing more about that, but go ahead and sign up about it. It's going to be a great night. Uh, Instead of men's breakfast this year, we're going to do man night on Friday night and going to have some great giveaways and prizes, drawings, things like that. It's going to be right here uh, at our Hopewell campus, uh, Valley Christian Church in Hopewell. And uh, so, so go ahead, guys, sign up for that. Bring a couple of fellas as well. So that would be from junior high up. Uh, man night on the 31st at 6.30. It's going to be a great way kind of like to celebrate the whole uh, Super Bowl weekend there. Uh, pretty interesting, as I said, topic I want to talk about today. So if you have your Valley app, go ahead and open it up. You'll be able to follow along with us. Uh, save, it'll save the notes for you. And also you can fill in the blanks uh, of this message and look back on it because I think we're going to have opportunity, if not already you have opportunity, uh, to, to really choose joy. And that's what this message is about. It's time to choose joy. Uh, Because, you know, life is hard. On this planet, things are difficult. Storms are going to come. And uh, the difference is the choices that we make in the middle of those. You may be going through a storm right now. And and so I think this message is going to be really, really encouraging to you, really practical as well. When we look at what the Bible has to say, just scratch the surface of what the Bible has to say about joy. Interesting quote. uh, I kind of paraphrase this a few times. You may have heard it before. Henry Ford put it this way. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. That was Henry Ford who, you know, invented the, the uh, automobile. Uh, and, and there's a lot of truth to that. So if we want to really experience everything that God has for us uh, in, in our lives this year, we're going to have to do th- some things maybe a little bit different. And kind of the key verse framework for this whole series in the month of January is Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 3, verse 2. Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's near. It's now. It's now. It's not for... Sometime, you know, in heaven, it's now. It's, it's really near. It's really, really close. And, and this word repent, we talked about a little bit last week. Just a quick review. Uh, this, is, this has been so hammered over people's heads that, that it really does it a disservice. Repent is a beautiful word. Uh, what it literally means is change your mind, change your direction. Change your mind, a change of heart, change the direction of your life. That's what it means. It's a U-turn to go back in the direction of God, go back into the direction that God has for each and every one of us, his best. And, and I think if we're going to live our best life in 2020, there's some repentance. And what do we have to do? For the kingdom of heaven. I'm not a very good king in my own life. And, and, and I make a mess of my life when I try to be the king sitting on the throne in my life, in my heart. 
And, and so Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God is right here, right now. Put God first. Put him on the throne of your heart. And, and then you realize really how close God's kingdom is and the difference that it makes. And, and so we need that switch from a different repentant switch from a different mindset, a different heart, different direction, and, and then we can choose joy. And a great verse is found in the book of Nehemiah in the Bible. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, it says, do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And what we're going to discover today is this, joy is not an emotion. Joy is not a feeling. Joy is a decision. It's a decision. There's a time for grieving, but, but we shouldn't constantly be in grief. We shouldn't be constantly be down and depressed. God has a lot of answers for us in his word. And so if you're one that kind of struggles with maybe even seasonal depression because of the time of year that it is or, or, or something like that, I, I think God just real practically wants to say some real empowering things to us through his word. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. There's a time for grief. Ecclesiastes says there's a time for everything. There's a time for weeping, but there's also a time for rejoicing. And if you don't experience much rejoicing, it's more the weeping and the grieving. God wants to help you. And I want to help you best I can as your pastor. And so I was reminded of this about the joy of the Lord is your strength. There's one thing in my life that I I have a real hard time having joy about, and that is going to the dentist. Uh, some, some of you that, you know, good friends, you know that I've just had some struggles over the last couple of years with root canals and things like that. I've had two teeth that I had to get root canaled, and then uh, turns out one of them I was still having some problems with, and it has a fourth root, you know, so I'm like, oh, really? Are you kidding? So this past Monday, uh, after Sunday, Sunday was just a great time, and gathering together as a church, and everyone's back, you know, New Year, here we go. It was a real high. I had a two-hour dentist appointment on Monday. I mean, the Novocaine, the two hours. It was absolutely brutal. And uh, so much so at one point, the dentist just actually said, you know what, uh, let's just take a break. I want to give you a couple minutes because this has been hard. And uh, even after, uh, she called me on Tuesday to see how I was doing. And she even called me on Friday just to check and see how I was doing in the aftermath. And uh, I, I'm learning some things about joy that I was trying to, uh, uh, I was trying to employ. Uh, it, you know, I was trying to really just live in the midst of two hours of drilling and injection of Novocaine and, and all of that stuff going on. And, and this verse just kept going through my mind. Do not grieve because I felt like grieving, man. There were things flying through my head and thoughts and all. I was, oh, it was awful. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. I was thinking a lot about this, actually, uh, even during that two hours of uh, the dental appointment there. And, and so what I want to share with you uh, in our time together today is three theological truths about joy, and that's going to be kind of the majority of the message so we understand what God says in his word about joy, and, and then three practical ways to experience it. And, and, and that's what I was trying to really, as I said, just kind of like live out, walk out while I was at the dentist, because that is not joy to me uh, at, at all. It's like, here we go again. So quick, three theological truths about joy. Here's the first one. Knowing God has a plan for your life will give you joy. When we know that God has a plan for our life, 
That's where we begin to experience joy. If you don't know how God made you, if you don't know why God made you, and you don't know what God made you for, everything else in life will define you. And so that means bad times, struggles, storms, challenges, that will allow those things to define us rather than who God says we are. That's why it's so important that we do know how God made us and why God made us and what he made us for. If I could put it this way, purpose prevails over pain and problems. Purpose prevails over pain and problems when we know what our purpose is. Think about this, even in the life of Jesus, when you think about just the brutal uh, uh, beating that Jesus took, the brutal crucifixion, execution uh, that he suffered. It, it's so interesting what it says about Jesus' perspective uh, in, in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, the Bible says, We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, watch, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Jesus kept the focus on what his purpose was. That's how he was able to endure the cross. Because he knew who he was. He knew what God's purpose was for him, our Heavenly Father's purpose was for him. And he knew what it was that he was supposed to accomplish. And so for the joy waiting him, he saw joy at the end of the cross. He saw the forgiveness and salvation of all that would put their trust in him and receive him and that sacrifice that he made for you and for me by taking our place as a substitute on the cross. For the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross disregarding its shame. And so purpose prevails over pain and problems. Really, really so incredibly important. And David understood this. King David in the, in the Old Testament wrote a lot of the Psalms and uh, had far from a perfect life, had a real, real tough life, years living in a cave, being hunted, uh, you know, uh, King Saul trying to kill him. Listen to what David said, and I love this. Psalm 16, verse 5 through 11. In the NIV, it says, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. He, he's like, God, I understand why you created me. I understand what my purpose is in life. I understand how and why and what you created for me for. The boundary lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. And he didn't have an easy life. But, but he had a focus on why he was, what God had created him for, that God had created him on purpose, for a purpose, as I like to say, just like every one of us. And then it goes on, surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me even at night. My heart instructs me. And it goes on, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. See, that's where joy comes from, keeping our eyes on God. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Everything around us is shaken. You, you know, you listen to the bad report all the time. I mean, you know, World War III, it happened last week. Did you know that? Did you hear that? World War III, we're at war. That's what the news told us. And, and, and people just lose their, their, their peace because we're looking at all kinds of things around us. But the reality is we need to focus on God. And keep our eyes on him. I'll not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. There's joy right there. 
my body also will rest and be secure. And he goes on and says, because you will not abandon me in the realm of the dead, nor will you let my faith, your faithful one uh, see decay. You make known to me the path of life. It's like, God, I'm walking the path you've created me. I keep my eyes on you. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. David had far from a perfect life. Yeah, he was king, but man, you just read through the Bible. It was some tumultuous times long before he was king, and certainly while he was king. Heartbreaking, painful, painful things that David went through. But purpose prevails over pain and problems. Purpose prevails over pain and problems. And, and David says, how, how can he even say these things? Because he says, you make known to me the path of life. God, I see the path. I'm just asking for the next step. Your word is a, is a lamp to my feet, later on he writes, and a light to my path, the path that you've given to me. So it's so important. That's why we make such a big deal here uh, at Valley Christian Church uh, of Growth Track, because Growth Track, it helps you on the path to discover the path that God's created you uniquely for. The path that, that God has for you is not the path that God has for me. And so this is not something we encourage. We, we go through at 9 o'clock every single Sunday, both in Poughkeepsie and in Hopewell as well. This isn't something we want from you. This is something we want for you. This is one of the best ways that we can serve you to help you to understand the path of life that God created you to walk, the next steps. Because you know what's going to happen? You're going to discover joy as you understand God's presence with you. Day in, day out. Not just on a Sunday morning but that you were created on purpose for a purpose. And keep your focus on God. Kay Warner, uh, Rick, Warren's, uh, 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 Rick Warren's wife, uh, Pastor Saddleback Church, she, she wrote a great book called Choose Joy, highly recommended. And, and if you know anything about her life, not necessarily a reason for joy. You, you know, hasn't been a, a, a fairy tale life uh, at all. K. Warren put it this way, joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. Joy is just like, God's got this. I don't understand it all. I can't see it all. I'm not even sure what he's going to do, how this is going to work out, but I trust God. We need to choose joy. Here's the second thing about joy. The Bible says uh, when we have joy, we're certain that God will work it out. When, when we're really choosing joy, we're certain that God will work it out. First Peter chapter 1, verse 8, it says, Though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. When we trust God, when we have confidence in God, God, I trust you're going to work it out. I believe you're bigger than any circumstance or situation that I'm facing. We're certain you're going to work it out. Somehow you're going to bring good out of this difficulty. And, and I just, you know, isn't it funny how so many times we can look back on our life, difficult things we walk through, but so many times you hear a Christian say, but you know what? Now I understand what God was doing in the middle of that difficulty. Now I understand what God was doing in the middle of the challenge. He was doing something in me. In fact, Romans 8, 28 is one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. Uh, it, it says, we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. 
So inexpressible joy. We don't see God. Sometimes we don't feel, God, what are you doing? Man, I've, I've prayed that prayer so many times in my life. God, what are you up to? This doesn't feel very good. But we, when we believe in him, we're filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. You know, kind of reminds me of the story of, uh, of uh, African uh, tribe, the king of an African tribe. Uh, he had a best friend, and, and they did everything together. One day, they were actually out hunting. They had one of those uh, uh, flintlock, you know, guns way back when. And uh, his friend loaded it. The friend loaded it, the gun for the king, and he loaded it wrong. And, and when the king actually, as they were hunting, he went to shoot the gun. It backfired on him, and it blew his thumb off just completely blew his thumb off. And uh, his friend had this, this saying that he would always say over and over, this is good, this is good, this is no matter what happened, this is good. So the king goes, psh, blows his thumb off, and his friend looks at him, and bleeding all over the place, he's like, this is good, this is good. And the king goes, this is good? How is this good? And he put his friend in prison for a year, for a year. And, and during that year, the king actually was captured by another tribe of cannibals, and they were going to eat him as a tribe. And they're tying his hands up, and they're getting him ready to actually feast on him and cook him. And they notice when they tie his hands up that he's missing a thumb. And they really, they were very superstitious. They kind of freaked out, you know, because they, they wanted no, you know, uh, no defects or anything like that in the person that they were going to eat. And so they let him go because he was missing a thumb. And the king realized, it's because my thumb was blown off that I'm alive today. And he went to the prison and he set his friend free and he told his friend why he set him free. He said, because my thumb was blown off, that's why I'm alive. And his friend goes, this is good, this is good, this is good. And the king said, how can you say this is good? You just spent a year in prison. You know, how can you say this is good? And he's like, this is good because if I was with you, they would have eaten me. How about that? He was saved because he was in prison because they would have been hanging out together and like, they let you go because of your thumb, but I got mine. Yum, yum, eat up. So this is good. So sometimes even though we can't see what God's doing, even though it seems like there's no way that this is working out, joy says, I'm certain that God will work it out. Kay Warren also in her book put it this way, joy is the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. Ultimately, everything is going to be all right. And then the third kind of big idea that the Bible puts forth, theologically, is what I'm just kind of, this is what the Bible says, the theology of joy, if you will, that those who have joy, uh, we have joy, and here's the third thing, when I choose joy. When I choose joy. Joy is not a matter of fact. Joy is a matter of choice. Let me just say that again. Joy is not a matter of fact. It's not like, oh, look, it's a choice. It's something that we have to choose. And, and that's what's so important, I think. We've got to learn how to choose joy, even in the midst of difficult circumstances, even in the midst of challenges, even in the midst of uncertainty. Man, that's what kind of steals my joy is uncertainty more than anything else. And so... Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, I love this. Apostle Paul put it this way. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So, so some of us, we, we choose joy right now, but by the time we get in the parking lot, we're going to have to rejoice. 
We're going to have to do it over again. Rejoice. Some of us had joy a year ago or two years ago. We haven't had joy in a long time because we're expecting all of a sudden an emotion to hit us. What we need to do is rejoice. And it's so interesting. One verse here. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. So we have to learn how to reboot, if you will. Reboot into joy. Recycle. Go back. Make that choice. I'm going to have joy because joy is not a matter of fact. Joy is really a matter of choice. You know, I think about, when I, when I think about joy, uh, I, I started thinking about uh, Winnie the Pooh. You know, and all the characters, uh, Christopher Robin and Piglet and Eeyore and the owl that always is the brainiac telling everybody what they're doing wrong. Kind of reminds me of personalities, you know, just general personality types. But then when you think about joy, I can't help but think about Tigger. Oh, the wonderful thing about Tiggers is Tiggers are wonderful things. Their tops are made out of rubber. Their bottoms are made out of springs. They're bouncy, 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 fun, 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 fun. But the most wonderful thing about Tiggers is I'm the only one. Oh, I'm the only one. I didn't do that very well at the end there. but Tigger is like total joy. There's, there's no question about it. And, and when you're watching Winnie the Pooh or you're reading the books and all, and they're like, uh, listen, we're all going to go skiing now. And Tigger always says, uh, uh, they say, do you, Tigger, you want to go skiing? And he's like, sure. That's what Tiggers do best. And they're like, uh, do you, do you want to go uh, over here? Sure, that's what Tiggers do best. He's like, joy, joy, every opportunity is just great, is fantastic. You know what, I think that when I understand and I read God's word, God wants us as followers of Christ to be a lot more like Tiggers than Eeyore. But man, there's a lot of folks misrepresenting Jesus, acting like Eeyore, than Tigger. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Don't, don't, uh, don't start thinking about the person sitting next to you right now. Are, are you more of a Tigger or a Eeyore? Or, or maybe an owl know-it-all, pointing out everyone else's problems. I, I think we need to learn how to choose joy. Kay Warren put it this way, another quote from her book. Joy is the determined choice to praise God in all things. Joy is the determined, it's, it's, can I put it this way? It's the predetermined choice. I'm going to have joy. Joy is the determined choice to praise God in all things. So 2020, it's time. It's time for you. It's time for me choose joy. Choose joy. And, and I want to give you really practically now three ways. That was kind of like a real quick uh, white paper, just summary of, of biblical teachings on joy. And maybe, I don't know, maybe sometime this year we'll do a whole series on it because it's, it's almost inexhaustible how much the Bible talks about joy. But, but I, I believe, you know, I'm kind of, again, going back last week, beep, beep, uh, um, it's time for joy. The light's green, it's time for us to walk in joy, the joy of the Lord, that it would be our strength this year in 2020. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, I love how this is just framed. God frames this for his people. And look at what it says, Deuteronomy chapter 30, going to go through this and just point out a couple of things. This is the message paraphrase of the Bible. It says, this commandment, we're talking about joy today, this commandment that I'm commanding you today, 
It isn't too much for you. So I know what the pushback, oh, well, that's easy for you to say, Greg. <laughs> no, God says it's not too much for you. It's not out of your reach. It's not on a high mountain that you don't get, that you have to get mountaineers to climb the peak and bring it down to your level and explain it to you uh, before you can live it. It goes on and says, and it's not across the ocean. You don't have to send sailors out to get it, bring it back, and then explain it before you can live it goes on and it says, no, the, the world is right here and now. Now you can have joy right here, right now, today. As near as the tongue in your mouth, as near as the heart in your chest, God continues to speak. Just do it. See, Nike didn't come up with that. God did. Just do it. Just do it. Look at what I've done for you today, God's saying. I've placed in front of you life and good Death and evil, I've given you the choice. Choose rightly. We've got to choose joy. And I command you today, here it is, love God, your God. Walk in his ways. Keep his commandments, his regulations and his rules. Watch this. So that you'll live, really live, live exuberantly. Sounds like joy to me, doesn't it? Choose in God's way. Live exuberantly, blessed by God, your God, in the land that you're about to enter and possess, in the opportunities of 2020, if I could put it that way. He continues to speak, but I warn you, if you have a change of heart and you refuse to listen obediently and you willfully go off to serve and worship other gods, you will most certainly die. You won't last long in the land that you're crossing the Jordan to enter and to possess. All this opportunity was in front of him, and God said, I'm giving you the choice. You can choose my way, living exuberantly, joy, or you can choose to follow after all kinds of other things in this life, and it's not going to work out the way you think it is. And he goes on and he says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. I place before you life and death, blessing and curse, choose life. Choose life so that you and your children will live. Listen, life is all about the choices that you and I make. We can choose to walk in God's way and our focus is on him and he's at the center of everything. Or we can choose to go our own way and that never works out the way we hope it will, the way we want it to. But the choice is yours. And the choice is, is mine, and it's time to choose joy. Three, three things that, that make this possible, why this is so important. If we're going to choose joy, first thing is we have to choose to look beyond what happened. We have to choose to look beyond. I, I know it was difficult. I'm not, I'm not demeaning that or belittling that, that pain is real. But again, purpose overshadows pain and problems. We've got to choose to look beyond what happened. And, and I love this. I, I just want to look at, there, there's a whole book of the Bible, the book of Philippians, which is really an entire book about joy, the entirety of it. God is inspiring the words of Peter, I'm sorry, of Paul, the apostle, and, and he writes about joy, and he's in prison waiting to be beheaded and executed. And in the midst of that, he writes about joy. 
to the Christians at the Church of Philippi. It's a powerful, powerful book. Maybe my favorite in all the Bible. Because his circumstances around him would say, there's no explanation for you having joy. And yet Paul chose joy. And he had joy even in the midst of waiting execution and being beheaded. And it wasn't like he got, you know, pardoned. It's exactly what ended up happening to him. And what he says is when he choose to look beyond what happened. Look at Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. Paul says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. How could he actually say that? You know, in other words, he said, like, I'm in prison now. I'm awaiting execution. And you know what? This is actually a good thing that's happened because there was some writing I wanted to catch up on. And I've been able to write. And, and you know what he wrote? Uh, while he was in the prison, he wrote Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. He's writing what we, the Bible. He's writing whole books of the Bible while he's in prison as God is speaking to him and through him to us even today. He said, what's happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Choose to look beyond what is happening right now and choose to focus on God. Here's the second thing, choose to find the new opportunities. Even in the midst of difficulties and problems, even in the midst of pain, God's bringing opportunities. Again, back to Paul, listen to what he says, Philippians chapter one, verse 13. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. He says, the guards that are watching me, they're like, how is this guy doing it? I, I see what he's going through, but how does he have this joy? He goes on and says, and because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. You know, it, it's pretty interesting. There's another verse in the Bible that puts it this way. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and and joy in the Holy Spirit. Part of being in God's kingdom, remember Jesus said, repent, the kingdom of God is near. How we know that is that we have joy. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. Righteousness, it's about peace, it's about joy. Joy so much that the, those guarding you in prison recognize there's something different about this guy. It, it, it gives other brothers and sisters in Christ greater confidence for their own lives, for, for their own sharing of the gospel, sharing the good news about Jesus Christ with other people when they see the joy that's in your life, even in the midst of really, really tough, tough times and difficulties. Choose to find new opportunities. And here's the third thing. Choose to focus on what really matters. Choose to focus on what really matters. You know what, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a prophet, I'm not son of a prophet, you know, that, that's, not, that's not who I am, that's not who God's made me. But, but just because I've just lived a number of decades on this planet, let, let me just share with you what the reality of 2020 is gonna be. This is not gonna be an easy year. It's not gonna be easy. None of us on December 31st are going to be like, whew, that was a piece of cake, man. <laughs> no sweat, man. That was, that was just 
nothing but a joy ride the whole time. We're going to have to choose to get in the car if it's going to be a joy ride. We're going to have to make that decision because there's going to be some tough times. Maybe you're going through a real tough time right now. There's going to be things that are going to happen that are going to want to steal our joy from us. But, but we've got to choose to focus on what really matters, what's really important. Paul did this also. Third, in Philippians chapter one, verse 15, it says, it is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. You know, he, there are other people that are preaching Jesus and they're, 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 they're being critical of Paul. They're judging Paul. They're, they're, they're pointing out, well, he does this, he does that, he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that. We all know folks like that, right? And, 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 and some of the Christians were getting really worked up uh, about what other people were saying about Paul. Hey, did you hear Paul? I, I know that kind of stuff doesn't happen anymore, right? Christians don't do that anymore, right? But look at what Paul says. It's true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for defense of the gospel. Some, some Christians were saying, though, the former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble uh, for me while I'm in chains. Some of them are like, that's God's judgment that Paul's in prison. That, that's, Paul has some kind of secret sin in his life. That's why he's in prison. If he was just as pure and holy as us, Paul wouldn't be in prison. So, so, that's what he was combating. That, that's, that's the trouble they're trying to stir up for him in the Christian churches. He goes on and says, but what does it matter? Paul, in a dark, damp Roman prison, didn't have cable TV or electricity. He says, what does it matter? The important thing is that every, in every way, whether false motives are true, Christ is preached. And it's in that context, awaiting execution, being beheaded, God speaking to him and through him. Paul writes these words. Because of this I rejoice. Yes, I will continue to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Joy is a choice. Joy is a choice. Paul, cho Paul chose joy. Circle back around to my dentist appointment for two hours. So I, I'm learning in this and I'm growing in this. I'm, I'm, I'm not standing before you at all today saying like I'm joyful all the time. I, this is something that, that is a struggle. I, I have to choose joy just like you have to choose joy. Or I don't choose joy. I have to choose life or, or it's just going to like eat at, gnaw at my soul when I don't choose to walk in the way that God wants me to. And so, you know, I had all this work done, two hours, and I'm like, as soon as I got in the car at the dentist, I text, I text my wife, OMG, I'm on my way home, oh my goodness, I'm in pain. It was rough. And uh, so I had to eat all mushy food and all this, and, 
And then later that night, Monday night, I, I was sitting there watching TV with my wife, and about a year ago, I got one of these fancy Apple watches. I'm not even sure all the stuff that it's capable of doing, but one of the things I love the most about it is it helps me, it just kind of uh, grades my sleep. One of the, one of the apps I have, it, it, it helps to like give me a picture of how well I sleep every how long, what the quality of my sleep is, and how I can help get better sleep and all this. And you know what? I, I was stunned when I checked it on my phone, the, the app that's on my watch. This Apple Watch had determined those two hours that I was at the dentist, they counted that as a two-hour nap. I never fell asleep, but, but my, my heart rate and blood pressure and all that stuff was, was so low and calm, and I'd like to say my mind was calm, my mind was not calm, but it actually counted it as if I had been asleep for two hours. And I just kind of felt like God was saying, see, you can do it, Greg. Even in the middle of Novocaine and drilling and all that scraping and pulling and twisting, you can choose joy. So let me just end with this. Today, I choose joy. Today, I choose joy. God is not asking you today to feel joy. God's asking you to choose joy. Make the decision. Choose the best that God has for you. And that's joy. The joy of the Lord will be your strength, no matter what, when you choose it. Would you bow your heads with me right now? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this new year of opportunity and possibilities. And Lord, we know that, that even though the future's uncertain for us, we don't know what 2020 is going to hold. You're already there. You know it. You see it all vividly. And you're in control, regardless of what we think or what we may see in the present. You're in control. And, and so God, today, I just pray that we would make the choice. Lord, I realize no one can make this choice for me. I can't make the choice for anyone else. I can't make the choice for my wife, for my kids. I can't make the choice for anybody else. But Lord, it's up to each one of us to choose to walk in your way, the path of life that you've given to us, to choose joy. And so God, I pray that, that when difficulties come and challenges come in this year, problems, storms, Lord, that we would remember that your joy will be our strength. And we'll choose joy even in the middle of it. Keep our focus upon what really matters. And that's you. That's you. That we would rejoice in the Lord always. And we would rejoice and remind ourselves of it every single day and every opportunity that comes to us this year. Right now with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I just want to give an opportunity for, for anyone Everyone in here in my voice right now, if you've never taken that first step of placing your life in Jesus' hands, that, that's the joy comes from Him. And we'll never work it out on our own apart from Him. It comes from, from a relationship with Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. Well, how do you do that, Greg? 
that the Bible says that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so right now, I just want to lead you in a prayer that you can repeat after me and just place your life in his hands. Repent and turn from your sin, just like we talked about earlier in the message, and receive the greatest gift that's ever been given, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as your Savior and Lord. Just repeat after me right now. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. I turn from my sin today. And Jesus, I ask you to be my Lord. Be my Savior. Jesus, thank you for living for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the dead for me. And Jesus, I ask you to lead me Guide me and direct me by your Holy Spirit from this day forward, and I will follow you. Jesus, today, I choose joy. Amen. Amen.